From open banking to closing the gap between fintechs and banks, some experts within the innovation sphere have a view like no other. And today on the podcast to share her innovation insights, we have Sue Britton, CEO and founder of the Fintech Growth Syndicate. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and it is great to have you here with us. And today, coming in from Toronto, we have Sue Britton. Sue is the Chief Executive Officer and founder of the FinTech Growth Syndicate. In that role, Sue helps some of Canada's hottest FinTechs grow, the largest corporations innovate, and works with the government to define and fuel FinTech growth in Canada. FGS is a team of more than 20 transformationists that individually bring a unique skill set to serving clients. Sue, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks very much, Lou. I'm very thrilled to be here. And I'm thrilled to have you. As you know, I'm a big fan of yours. The work you're doing in Toronto and in Canada at large is incredible. Clue us in to what the FinTech Growth Syndicate does and how you work. I'd love to. Thank you for the opportunity to. We're really focused on accelerating innovation and accelerating growth. So we're an accelerator. We're not uh, not your traditional accelerator. We work usually with our clients. So some examples of things, we'd help a large financial institution with product innovation, but we do it with their team inside the organization and try and understand what pieces of their innovation process aren't working. We also work with the fintechs themselves. And a lot of the time it's on partnering with financial institutions. And so we're kind of right at that intersection of fintechs and financial institutions. And from your perch, are fintechs and bank partnerships working or are they failing? It's a tough question to answer. It's certainly not one or the other. I would say that we've seen a big increase in relationships forming between financial institutions and fintechs. But I think We have to break it down a little bit. And so if you don't mind, I'd actually like to explain that. And what I mean by break it down is, you know, there are many types of fintechs, and I believe the definition of fintechs should be broad. But when we're talking about are partnerships between financial institutions and fintechs, you know, succeeding or failing, it really depends if a fintech is a technology company that's helping automate account opening process. I think there's lots of success in fintechs, new companies, incumbent fintechs, such as the one I worked for before starting FDS, Finastra, who are doing a great job of working with financial institutions. Some would argue that's not partnering, but the majority of fintechs out there are you know, new technology that can help a financial institution do something better, faster, with better performance for customers. It's the other big category of fintechs, which are the alternative to what is in market today from a financial product perspective. And that's where we're not seeing partnering happening fast enough. Now, in terms of the role that each stakeholder has in the ecosystem, tell us what you see. Well, we see in Canada, we have really a vibrant ecosystem and lots of different players. And we are starting to emerge in the top 10 countries or cities like Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver 
as being really great sources of artificial intelligence, skill sets, as well as companies, talent, et cetera. But I think that the stakeholders go beyond the startups themselves, the financial institutions, and those accelerators or incubators that are trying to help, you know, the two of them sort of work together or help startups grow. There's also a lot of other stakeholders like the regulators and policymakers and the associations. I know from my experience with Finastro that associations in the U.S. play a huge role in providing value to financial institutions. So, And the other one, which I don't know that people necessarily spend a lot of time thinking about, is the investors. And the investors are critical because they're investing in the companies they believe are the best. And they would love to spend more time with financial institutions, showing them their portfolios, but also giving them insights about what's happening in the marketplace. And so I think they can be equally as critical a stakeholder as any of the other players I've described. There also seems to be some movement in the prepaid card marketplace. Tell us about the evolution in that market vis-a-vis the banking landscape. Yeah, I was reading an article that was sent to me this morning on challenger banks and prepaid cards. And the prepaid card uh, market is alive and growing, right? It's a space that is not going away. And I think we're seeing new interest in you know, prepaid cards with millennials, the younger generation, the, sometimes people call them Gen Z or the true digital natives. And so I think that prepaid cards are actually growing. They're growing in interest amongst those groups and others because they give you an opportunity to leverage something that is perceived as more secure than other forms of payment or deposits. Not to suggest financial institutions are not, but what's happening is a lot of the challenger banks start by being built off of a prepaid card product and they go to market as a payment solution, you know, just like Starbucks or anyone else who has gift cards or prepaid cards. Once you start loading your money into that account and storing it there and using that account to make payments, you're not necessarily a bank but you're starting to play the role of an alternative to a bank. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And we don't have as much of the new challenger banks in Canada yet. We have a couple of really cool new ones. Uh, Coho is one. Stack is another. Mogo has been around. And certainly Australia, the UK, there are a ton of challenger banks that got their start in the prepaid card space. Now on to the subject of innovation, something that you're passionate about, something that you yourself are a leader in, and you've participated in BAI's Global Innovation Awards. Innovation is always a moving target, what people considered it to be yesterday. It might not be today. What do you see as being innovative in particular in financial services that really gets you excited? Oh, I mean, what I see as innovative that really gets me excited is where open banking and alternative business models are provided as solutions by existing financial institutions. I think that is that is the bullseye of what I think is the ideal spot from a consumer's perspective, a small business's perspective, because if I have my relationship with a financial institution today, but they won't give me a loan, for instance, 
And often it's because the current process that a financial institution disqualifies me for whatever reason. I'm too risky. I, you know, could be a whole bunch of reasons. But if through my bank I could go find an alternative lender who would be willing to give me that loan and my financial institution acted more as someone enabling that that relationship I think would remain, you know, more secure than it is today. And I think open banking goes one step towards that because it opens up choice of the consumer to share their data with other providers, could be other banks, it could be accounting platforms, it could be whatever. But I think if the financial institutions can put themselves in control of that versus just wait for a regulatory change, but also offer, you know, choice of product, I think that really gets me excited. I think that is, that's when we'll see a really thriving ecosystem of startups and financial institutions working together. And where you're excited, certainly we are excited here at BAI, and I'm excited. Again, I'm a Sue Britton fan, not at all shy about saying that. Sue, thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to be with us here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sue Britton is the chief executive officer and founder of the FinTech Growth Syndicate. She's based in Toronto, Canada. You can look for Sue on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, relationships between banks and fintechs are neither failing nor succeeding. There's been a big increase in activity, and with the majority of fintechs, new technology that can help with customer service has been a boon. But fintechs offering alternative lending for small businesses are struggling and in a more competitive scenario with banks. Number two. Within the fintech space, one party often overlooked is investors. But investors are critical because they'd love to spend more time with financial institutions. The role that they can play centers on sharing their market insights and intelligence. Their feedback can be a game changer. And number three. The prepaid card market is alive and growing with digital natives, millennials and Generation Z especially. There's a perception of security and many challenger banks go to market off a prepaid payment solution. Australia and the United Kingdom being big markets in the space. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. What leads a person to strike out on one's own after a quarter century in the corporate world? Sometimes it's not supreme confidence, but a lack of it. Here, Sue Britton shares what propelled her to win her passion and confidence back. It was a recent experience, actually, and it was what led me to start my own business. And I'll say to all the startup founders, entrepreneurs out there, you know, you can't say that you've, <laughs> you know what it's like until you try it yourself. It's really, really hard. But I started my own company because I had a really tough time actually in the corporate environment for a couple of reasons. I spent 25 years working for some amazing companies. All of them are amazing. But frankly, I questioned myself constantly and over a period of time lost confidence. What ended up happening is 
I ended up actually not being really good at my job. You know, so starting my own business was a bit of a almost desperate act, right? But I had this really successful career and I was an executive and I, you know, made lots of money, raised three kids. And when I got to this point where I realized that I'd lost my confidence, my reason for getting up out of bed and being excited about what I was doing, I thought, you know what, I need to go find that. And I did find that by launching the company. The lesson I learned is that when you do start you know, feeling that way, it's probably time to do something about it. It's probably not a good working environment that you're in, or, you know, perhaps you're not working for a great leader. To be in a place where people actually value your opinions, value your ideas, it's not easy, but I think that's kind of what I took away <laughs> and why I'm here today. It's just, it's been a gift. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.